Hi, I'm Arielle. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to our podcast. The Mob Squad. Today we're talking about being moms of a child with dyslexia or multiple kids with dyslexia. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it is really hard. So why don't you tell me if you do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. You start. <laughs> go ahead. You start. <laughs> She's turned that around on me. Did you see that? Um, okay. Let's see. Since we're going to do an episode on how we got diagnosed and everything, I'll try to just skip that part. But I will say that when I found out my son had dyslexia, I was not with my husband and I cried (laughs) and I was in total shock. And I wasn't expecting the diagnosis, even though I knew that there was going to be something. I just, dyslexia was not on my radar. I didn't think about it. I thought maybe some kind of learning disability, but I had no idea a lot about dyslexia when we found out. And I instantly cried. (laughs) Nobody wants to find out that there's something wrong with their child. And it doesn't matter what that is. I mean, obviously, well, we've said this before and we'll say it again. Like there are worse problems out there to have and there are children who are suffering awfully and it's horrible. And I don't think any child should ever suffer. It's like pulls at my mom's string, my heartstrings, like no other. But hearing that my son had dyslexia was heartbreaking, shocking, um, just total disbelief. And then it kind of, I think you kind of go through stages of accepting it and moving on. And I don't know if, if I don't know, some people might be angry. I don't know. How were you when you found out? Um, I was not angry necessarily because I think I already knew. Okay. Um, and, and part partially, I think maybe because you had had your diagnosis a lot earlier than we had ours. I, I was prepared when we learned. So my oldest son has dyslexia and he was just diagnosed um, when he was 10 years old. So the summer of 2020, and we ended up taking him to a doctor and he went through the whole um, process of learning disabilities and mental health, things that he would be at risk for. So like cognitive and behavioral, like a full evaluation, full evaluation, both academically and um, uh, emotionally. And the reason we did that is because we went to school so many times. And I know that we're going to talk about this in another episode, but the teachers would say he had ADD. And I knew that wasn't true because there's so many things he could focus really well on mm-hmm. and he could memorize like nobody's business. He's, he loves music. So he could like learn every single line in a song or, you know, things that he was really engaged with, he could learn easily. And so I don't know that I believed he had ADD totally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his teachers, they, it's not a recognized learning disability. So that was something that his teachers weren't really trained on to identify. And it's not something they're allowed to say if they're not trained. Right. Well, that's a legal issue. Right. So, but, and we'll get into that in another podcast. I know, but so, so angry. No, I wasn't. I, I always knew, I think I was more sad when it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Were you shocked at all? Like I was no, no there's no like, Oh, he really does have it. Like a moment of like acknowledging that this is it. Yeah. This is what it is. So I, mine was more of a sense of relief that I had oh. an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I and, think I had relief too, but yeah. not right away. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like, I think there might be stages of like, just like grief where oh, it's like, yeah. first you're shocked, then you're angry, then you're sad, then you're, I mean, I didn't go through all those, but I'm just saying like, it kind of feels like there might be different ways that people react to it. And totally. And you had maybe 
and maybe that plays into like the age of diagnosis mm -hmm. um, because he was really young when he got diagnosed. So he was young when he got diagnosed. Yes. Um, so I, think I that feel like I should have a little, a little sneak peek through what you were going through and it sort of checked my boxes too. Maybe that's why I wasn't as surprised. Um, but they also had, uh, they had things that were very similar and then things that were very different and mm -hmm. how they're, so then there was like, well, maybe he doesn't have it because he doesn't have what your son has, or mm -hmm. maybe mine did something a little bit differently. Um, I right. did feel relieved because I felt like I had an answer and I thought, okay, well, this is something we can manage, mm -hmm. you know, like you said earlier, and we'll say so many times, there are so many kids that have something going on. Some that are far worse than dyslexia, some that are easier than dyslexia, but these are the problems that we face and this is what we're going through. And this is our story that we share. Right. And hopefully you're here because of it because, and not because you want to come and hate on us for not <laughs> considering all the options out there that people have that they're dealing right. with. And yeah. we're not here to have like a pity party and say boohoo us or boohoo our kids. This is just like what we're dealing with and this is what we know. So we're not going to talk about the Absolutely. other things. We're not in those positions. Right. Well, and I will say just going back to your, um, comment about grief and how mm -hmm. you, you started off with feeling upset and angry and you went through all of these stages. I feel like I go through those stages. I wasn't all angry, the time, but oh, you didn't go through no, anger. No, I was just I, giving an example. I do but. go through anger sometimes. It's hard. Well, I go, go yeah. through, not about having it, but dealing with it. Mm -hmm. I get angry. It's frustrating. It's different because it is so challenging. Like I think everybody goes through why me or why my son or why is it so hard? And, and life is not easy. <laughs> like, no. And I'd rather this than something more awful, obviously. But I do get angry about like, it, it just feels like it never gets easier. It does feel like that. Homework is really hard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes impossible. And it, and it has gotten easier in terms of we've gotten them help and that has changed mm -hmm. things for them drastically. But it's, it's, always going to be it's like an alcoholic always having to deal with alcoholism like yeah. even though they're sober they're it's always in the back of their mind it's kind of like that is how yeah. I would describe it they're they're always going to have to deal with it in whatever way that it affects them right and it's it can be very frustrating for them mm -hmm. and we are their safe space right? yeah so they come home and then they you know take it out on us destroy us right <laughs> and I have to say that <laughs> The counter, we, in our house, the expectation is you come home and you do homework. Mm -hmm. And I have two kids with dyslexia. My, my little one is not showing signs yet, but I, I don't know if he has it or not. I, I, I cannot tell at this point, but my, my older two boys do. And every day the expectation is you come home from school and you have to do your homework. And the reason that is, is because they're so tired. When you have dyslexia, you see the world differently from most other people, right? Mm -hmm. They tend yep. to say that you see it almost backwards. Or if you're looking in a mirror, if you like put words up to a mirror, to reverse it's that reversal yeah. is what they're seeing. So right. they have to tell their brain to flip it around while learning the content, while understanding the letters and the, you know, blending sounds and understanding the content and then trying to put it on page. Like it's just a whole process and it takes 20 times more work than than the average learner that doesn't have yes. dyslexia. So I would even say like a hundred times more. It's it's a lot a lot more effort that they really have to put into mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. just to make sense of it. Right. And so when they get home, they're very tired yes. and I should give them a break. I know a lot of parents give their kids breaks after school. I'm, I'm not one of those parents because then we are neither. Then they have, <laughs> it's a they, fight to go yeah, back. It's a huge fight. They're right. Like, oh, I can't do it. And then they're tired and they should be because they've been right. working so hard. Right. 
Um, so they come home, but I have to sit with them at the counter. It's not like go in your room and get your homework. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Let's look at number one and let's sit here. And I have to do that with both of them mm-hmm. every single day. And it's something that should take maybe five or 10 minutes to get done. Cause it's not a lot of work, mm-hmm. but because they're tired and they don't want to do it, they want to fight. It takes an hour or two hours. Mm-hmm. And so those are the times when I get angry and it's, it's frustrating because I, would rather be cool, fun mom playing well, with them and, and don't, not sitting there. Don't you have you know? moments of anger when it, it's like you hear what other people are dealing with? Right. And they're like, oh, what? Like, it's hard? <laughs> oh, like my child just <laughs> goes in their room and does all their homework by themselves. They love school. Yes. You know, it's like it's you feel like you're living in the world where nobody understands because their children are typical. I would say I wouldn't say normal because I don't think there's anything abnormal about dyslexia. But for a typical student, let's say they come home they do their homework. They ask questions. They're not angry and wanting to destroy everything because they've had such a hard day at school because school's not hard for them. Right. Um, so that's the difference. And so not our, only are we punching bags, then we're also having to be Cruella <laughs> DeVille and on top of them. And you're better at it than I am. Cause I often lose patience and just give up and say, you know, this is your life and you need to start taking charge of it. But it's not that I'm giving up on my son. It's that I'm just exhausted. Yeah. You it's are exhausting because you're running a house and you have a full-time job and you have three kids and a husband. Right. And, and I think having kids is things. having kids, but having right. a kid with dyslexia or some other kind of learning disability or ADD or whatever that may be is just a whole nother level of, of frustration and, and patience and dealing with all that comes with it. Sure. And I'm not saying people don't have other stuff too. You know, there's other things that people can be dealing with, but this is what we deal with. And it just, it just makes it hard. It does make it hard. I think the hardest part, this is where my grief comes in. My sadness comes in is when my son will ask, and it makes me kind of emotional thinking about it, but why school is so hard. Yes. Don't get me started. You're going to make me cry too. <laughs> why is school so hard? Yes. And here's, Everybody gets I have it. a story about that. Yes. Okay. I have a story about that. My son was in preschool. Um, I can't look at you cause I'll start crying. <laughs> we, my, we laugh and we cry. Yeah. Um, all of those things. No, my son was in preschool and this was like pre-K, I guess it was a Montessori mm-hmm. school, but they were, you know, learning their letters and, reading and doing math and stuff like that. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Amanda. My mic keeps um, falling and I don't know how to fix it. Uh, you know, he, can't, he, one day he got in the car and he was like, mommy, school's really hard for me. And I didn't listen to him. I, at the time didn't know he had any learning disabilities or dyslexia. And I had no idea he was struggling because when I would meet with the teacher, she would lie to me. And I don't think that what I'm dealing with is uncommon. I don't think you've ever had a teacher lie to you. Have you? I don't know. Oh, well, not I, that not, not that, that you've caught them in. <laughs> yeah. I know, I hope not, so I had, um, his teacher lie to me about how well he was doing. And I think, and I'm not here to put her down or, or attack her, but I think, you know, in, in the world of teaching, they have to be careful because like we've discussed, there's legal, legal, legality is what I was going to say, but I meant legal. Um, there's legal reasons why they can't say certain things, but at the same time, lying is not necessary either. But I think 
so many parents these days attack teachers for saying your kid is this or your kid is blah, 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 blah. And then parents are like, well, my kid's not like that. Or how dare you say that about my kid? Or, you know, they're, they get attacked. I think they get defensive. And so I think it's an awkward thing to bring up when somebody might be struggling. But anyways, he told me that he was struggling and I didn't believe it. And I didn't understand it. And I feel really bad because I, at the time, just thought it was like, oh, I don't want to go to school because school's, you know, hard. And I think school is hard. And I think life is hard and work is hard. And this is part of life. So I just was like, go back to school. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get in there. (laughs) But now I look back on it and I feel bad because he was, that was the beginning of like him knowing that he learned differently. And I wasn't there for him because I didn't know. Yeah. And I, I think I have a million stories similar to that. And yeah. it's just in how that's why they say hindsight is 2020. Totally. You look back and like, Oh, I would have been the best. Oh my God. Oh, don't even get me started on what I do differently. If yes. I could go back and be a parent knowing what I know now, there's so many things, but I remember my middle son, he could not learn to tie his shoes. He's nine now. And I think he just learned like in the last six months, right. which is part of dyslexia. It's not just flipping letters, no numbers, right. It's, being directionally challenged. It's not being able to not understanding things the same way. You just don't see the world the same way. You just see it differently, different, which is a gift kind of awesome. Yeah. That's why we have all these really incredibly talented people that are going to do so wonderful, so many wonderful things in their life and that have done those things. It's just our job as parents to teach them. I always say to my kids when they say, why is it so hard? Or, you know, why do I have dyslexia? And when Johnny doesn't Mm -hmm. or whatever, and I always say to them, this is your superpower. You just mm-hmm. have to learn how to use it. That's yeah. it. And right. once you figure that out, then life is going to be so much easier, right? Mm. But we have to put that time in right now, which sucks so hard. And their tears, I'm still crying, still like thinking about it. But you ha- it's hard. you always say to me, I, you've said this for years and I say it all the time now too, it's hard to be a good parent. Mm-hmm. Or being a good parent is really hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's true because it we could just say, yeah, it's, it's hard. Buck up, buddy. This is life. Figure it out. We could do that, but we wouldn't know what a superpower was. Right. And now we do. And so now we can teach him how to live with the superpower and use it so that he can be the best version of himself and contribute to the world in the way that he was born to do. Right. So we have to go through a lot of hard work and tantrums and we're going to lose our patience. I lose my patience all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. Oh my, during COVID we had to homeschool kids. Yeah. I said more bad words <laughs> in that time that we were home and trying to school kids with dyslexia. Probably a lot of people can relate to that. I, yeah. Yeah. I had to have my mouth washed out with soap oh, I bet. 10 times a day. Yeah. Not easy, but you know, I, I do lose my patience and I try really hard to be patient and show them grace, but I also am not going to let up. Yeah. I'm going to, well, and that's, I think, and make sure that they know how to contribute to the world in the way that they were born to do. Yeah. And that means that being a good parent is hard, then that's okay. Right. I'm going to keep doing it. Right. And I'm going to, doesn't mean we can't be mad about it sometimes. And I'm going (laughs) to cry and I'm going to motherfuck it up and down the street, (laughs) you know, from time to time. I'm right there Um, with you. Yeah. I'm still in it and you're in it with me. So that mm. makes it a lot easier. It does. And now hopefully anybody who's listening, you're in it with us now too. So you're not alone because it right. is soul crushing that, that I think is the hardest part is when you're, and parents do this 
in any circumstance, it doesn't matter if you could interchange dyslexia for anything else. Like my son is gifted. My daughter is, has ADD, whatever it is, you can interchange those words. Mm -hmm. And what's really tough is when a mom who tries to relate and they're coming from such a good place and they want to be empathetic, but they say everything wrong. Right. Right. (laughs) They're like, yeah, I totally get it. I have a really hard time getting my daughter to brush her teeth every day. Yeah. Like, no, that's not, that's not it. You don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. Sorry. That's not it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they come from a good place, but they just, they don't understand, but, but that's okay. It is okay. Yeah. Because everybody has something that they go through. Right. And this is our thing that we're going through. So, yeah. You did bring up something about grace earlier. Um, because I think that's something that's important to talk about. When do we, when do you know to give grace and when do you know to be tough? Because that all goes back to, I feel like that story of my son telling me how hard it was for him to go to school and me not knowing at the time, just tough it out. But I find myself often being hard on, I don't have dyslexia. So I don't, it's as a parent with not having dyslexia, it's been really hard for me to understand how his brain works differently. And when I explain things the way I would understand it, it doesn't work for him. But there are times where I want to be super tough. And you, cause you get to that point where you're just so frustrated, let's just do this. And you have to step back and be like, do I give them grace? Are they taking advantage of me? Are yeah. they manipulating me? Cause they know that if they use this as an excuse, then we're going to let them slide. You know, it, it, it's a slippery slope and you have to be really careful because at the same time, you don't want to give them a disadvantage by saying, Oh, because you have dyslexia, you don't have to do that. Or because you have dyslexia, you don't have to, I know you're exhausted. Like you don't have to work so hard or any of those excuses you can tell yourself so that you're like, this is Okay. But at the same time, like, how do you know when to give them grace? How do you know when to push them? And I think obviously there's individual kids that respond differently to things and there's certain situations maybe, but that is hard for me because not only does my son have um, dyslexia, he also has severe ADD. So, you know, working memory and, and memory issues is part of a problem. Like I can't tell you how many hats and water bottles and things that my son loses on a daily basis. I mean, like we're going bankrupt paying for water bottles, I feel like. Um, (laughs) and I can't give him a plastic cheap one because I don't want him drinking out of plastic, but the metal ones are expensive and we lose them constantly. So, you know, I want to like put the hammer down on him when I'm like, you can't lose any more anything like stop. Like we've lost cleats, we've lost belts, we've lost everything, like just anything. And I have to stop myself sometimes and be like, it's not his fault. (laughs) I mean, it part of like, he has to learn like to be an adult, he has to be responsible, but he's going to be the person that like leaves his kid, his kids, his keys at like a bar or his credit card. Like he's going to be the person that always does that probably. Yeah. I mean, I think. So my middle son is very much like that. I don't know if I can hear you. Oh, gosh. Sorry. See, this mic keeps dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Scream. Can you hear yourself? I, I, it sounds okay, like I'm no, in the I shower. Can hear I don't hear that. You don't hear that I'm in the shower. No. I'm actually not in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> 
for those of you who are not <laughs> watching. Not watching us. We are. She's not in the shower. Not in the shower. I'm not in the shower. I don't think you sound like you're in the shower. But okay, that's go good. ahead. Um. So my middle son is like that. He he literally would f- forget his head if it was not right. Attached. Yeah, we say that about my son too. I I was so last night he had his choir concert. <laughs> I, he loses his choir shirt that he has to wear. Oh God. And I, the last choir concert, I gave it to him and I said, set it on your dresser, which he never listens to me, by the way. Yeah. I don't think any kid does. No. Um, (laughs) If you're out there and your kids listen to you, (laughs) let us know. Can you please put this on your dresser? Yeah. And so last night or yesterday I tore the house apart. Like I often do looking Mm -hmm. for something of his, um, and I was like, I literally tore the entire house apart. My room, my closet, his closet, under the bed, all of his drawers. I could not find this ding ding choir shirt anywhere. And I say, number two. Yeah. Where, where's your choir shirt? I can't find it anywhere. And he yeah. says, mom, it's right here on the dresser. It was folded up right there by his fish tank. Exactly where <laughs> I told where him to put it two months ago. Put it? Exactly. But oh that's not gosh. something he does ever. Right. So, so you didn't expect it? I don't know. I walked that's by that thing funny. a thousand times. Yeah. I'm like, buddy. Great. I'm so awesome. Like, no, clean up the house. Right no, like, this is so awesome. I'm so proud of you. And I, I tell that story. It's, it's funny and silly and, and crazy, but even talking about like tying the show, he's the one that ha- he just learned how to tie a shoe. He's nine years old. Yeah. But I do learn. just to be fair though, I feel like we're ruining our kids by giving them Velcro shoes and everybody, so many shoes now don't are like non tie. They're just like slip on. Well, he's had tie shoes since he was four years old because I wanted him to learn how to tie his shoes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been at this for a really long time. Wow. But what I'm learning, it's funny how you get to know your kids. The older they get, the more mm-hmm. you get to know them. I feel like I'm really starting to get to know new versions of them. As right. They're getting more into their adolescence. More personalities. And, like, and The baby stage and they're getting a little more self-sufficient and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just a new version that I'm learning about them. That's really fun. Right. But with him that I, I just said to my husband just in the last couple of days, the thing about number two is he, he has to learn on his own time. I'm not going to let up on him. He's going to forget stuff. Right. Just like your kids are, right? They're going to forget. But one day they won't. Like, and I then don't we'll know. say, hey, I, th- I have seen zero improvement. I, what, but I bet because it's really, really slow, right? I, I mean, guess. the shirt was a miracle. It was a gift from God. After I destroyed my I would have. Yeah. I wish I would have thought of, why don't you just look at the dresser? Right. But it's not something that he ever would have done. Mm-hmm. But. I do think consistency is key. You can't, you have, right. especially when there's ADD and dyslexia involved because you, you can't be consistent or, or you can't just do it when it's right for you. Right. It has to be all the time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you sort of let it go, then you're starting all over again. Right. Right. So to your point about grace, I show my kids grace almost behind their back. So they don't know because I don't want them to use it as an excuse mm-hmm. or to manipulate. I have two master mani- I, I, well, I All three of my boys are master <laughs> yeah. manipulators um, and they will. They'll try to shake me down. Right. And right. think that I'm not on top of it. But I but I because I sit there at that counter with them every single day, I, I am on top of it. And, and they mm-hmm. think that they're pulling fast one on me. But when there are things like memorizing or, you know, things that I know for a fact, they're either going to need extra time on. Or my oldest son, he can't spell anything, even sight words. He, he spells everything phonetically correct, and mm-hmm. that's it. Um, and that's okay, right? It's We have all these tools that are available to us to help get through obstacles like that. But I'll say to his teacher, like, we don't take spelling tests, right? We take vocabulary tests because in our house, learning the vocabulary and understanding those words are so much more important than 
right? how you, you spell, spell them. Yeah. Right. They're never going to be good spellers. They are never going to, they'll memorize it. And then you test them five days later, they will not know one of those words, not one. Right. But they'll know exactly what each one of them means. So those are sort of the ways that I show my kids grace in mm-hmm. that. There are well, times Well, I feel like when that's I kind say, of like uh, individual needs mm-hmm. and choosing what's important and what's not. Right. Yes. And I think that is has to do with like navigating the school system, mm-hmm. knowing where you can give, like you just said, grace and where, what matters, like what really matters for them to know what is, what are we going to focus on? Because I feel like when you have a learning disability, you cannot do all of the things that a typical child would, because that's just not how it works. And they learn differently. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what's the most important thing? Yeah. And like you said, being consistent. (laughs) Yeah. I want them to be a kid. Yeah. Sorry. I know that's in a totally new direction, but I do know. The most important thing, and I think you agree with this, is being a kid. Yeah. Well, I feel like our society or a culture, like especially right now in the world, is pushing them to grow up and pushing them to, 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 to take away their innocence. So the longer we can hold on to that, the better. But Amen. Yeah. Okay. Scene. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I How think- do you get through your tough times as a mom when you are in it with your kids. I don't, I don't get through them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of survival mode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know, you are an amazing mom. So you're definitely different than I am, but I, (laughs) you are an amazing mom. No, I feel like I'm a hot mess all the time. And so when I see other moms, I feel like everybody's put together. Everybody has their shit together and I don't. And so when I have like tough times, I feel like I just, I get, um, seclusive. What's the word I'm looking for? Reclusive. Reclusive. Yeah. Like I like close in on myself and maybe get like a little depressed and then I don't know, a day or two goes by and then I keep going. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I deal with it. I mean, dealing with like, going through the hard stuff as a mom or just like general stress as a parent and a wife. And I mean, there's like so many things, mm-hmm. but I feel like when it's, when it's hard as a mom, I don't know. I just get through it. I survive. That's what I do. Yeah. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. I feel exactly the same way. No, get out of here. Yes. No, it's true. <laughs> but you, from the outside view, do not ever look like that. Well, and I think that's why we're here because I think everybody is like that, right? We're all faking it. I don't know. Are they? They all have it together. I don't have it together. I'm a mess inside half the time. Yeah. But your life seems together. So does yours. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. I think so. I think that we all, my favorite is when I see Hot Mess Express Mom. Yeah. Her shirt says that. Yeah. But she's looks good. Yeah. That's it. I'm like, girl. We're not a hot mess. Express. Right. Right. My hot mess express is when I have my big glasses on and my dark hat. I can't hear you. My Sorry. big glasses and my dark hat. That's my hot mess. You know, yeah. that I haven't showered in four days when I have my hat on. And my okay. I'll pay attention to that hot now. Express. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. I think that the wheels are falling so off. So many parents That's feel like that. I feel. So many moms feel like that. Mm-hmm. It's a totally normal feeling. Yeah. And then because we're all afraid of being judged, right? Yeah. We're all afraid of like showing our stripes, our true colors and what we're really going through because 
we think they all have it together, but they don't. Well, and then you have social media, which we didn't have as kids and everybody shows their highlight reel or whatever. So everything always looks amazing. But I just mean like in general, running into people or like seeing people on a daily basis and feeling, and I don't know, maybe it is social media too, but I just feel like everybody does their thing. And I don't know. I, I feel like anytime you have a child with something that's different than the typical it's you, you feel like you're the only one dealing with it. I feel like even though I know that you have a similar situation, it still feels like you're alone. Yeah, sure. Because my situation is different from yours. Exactly. And we have different kids. They're like snowflakes, right? right. They're not they the are. same. They're totally And different. dyslexia, I don't actually know if this is true, but somebody told me that it's like a spectrum. Yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and there's different types, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just know that my son... Uh, has dyslexia, like a severe dyslexia, but he also has like different memory stuff. So like the ADD and obviously there's different things they can have with dyslexia, but like ADD obviously has an effect on, on how he is and how he functions and things like that. But he also has, which, which is weird and doesn't make any sense to me. The brain is such a weird thing. He has like a photographic memory. Sometimes he yeah. can like picture things that I'm like, or he'll say like, I remember this when he was like a little kid. And I was like, how do you remember? Like, I don't even remember that. Mm -hmm. And this was like a few years ago, but he was little and I was an adult. And I'm like, I have no idea and how he knows that, but he can't remember something that he like put on his desk two seconds ago. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the brain is weird because, and obviously there's short-term and long-term memory and those are different parts of the brain, but like the photographic side of it is very interesting. Yeah. Actually, you're not the first person that I've heard say their dyslexic child has a photograph. Oh, really? So, and yours don't? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. They're all different. Like, like you said, they're snowflakes. They're just different in different ways, but that's so I hope you found this episode helpful. Just let us know if you have any questions or Share your stories with us too. We would love to hear those. Yeah. You're not alone. We're here. We only have the stories of six boys. Right. And there's um, many, many more versions. Well, one in five kids, dyslexia. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Which means that in our typical classroom at our public school, which is about 25 kids, right? That Her means. Classroom, yeah, right. Between 25 and 30. Right. Yeah. So one in five would be four kids at least, right? Mm-hmm. 20%. Or five kids. Sorry. One in, one in five kids. Yeah. So we'll figure out what the math is on that. <laughs> <Later>. Five. <laughs> we'll get back to you on those numbers. No, that's five. Cause five times five is 25. One right. out of five. So five. Right. So that's about 20. So five kids out of, right. Out of right. 25 in a classroom. And I knew like when my son was diagnosed, I was like, he's the only one in his class. No, there's other kids here probably that we just don't know. Oh yeah. Well, and they're getting confused with ADD. I think also Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, which we can talk about later, but um, being misdiagnosed, not, not ever being diagnosed for years. I think some people will never know. We got our first son, our oldest son diagnosed. I mean, he was 10 years old. So by the time the reason we got him diagnosed is because every teacher kept saying he had ADD. ADD, ADD. So then we went to a doctor and they said, ADD, you have to medicate, you have to medicate. And every time we did, it made everything so much worse. Yeah. And turns out it's not ADD for him. 
but it's very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's dotted lines of ADD that he has for sure, mm-hmm. but not enough to be on medicine. And the medicine is really great when it works, but if it's not working the way that it's supposed to, it's really, really bad. And that's right. also our experience, which we can talk about another time. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It's hard. 20% of every class has a student is has dyslexia. Right. That's huge numbers. So if you ever, my advice would be, if you ever had any concerns would be to keep digging, keep, keep looking, digging, don't give keep, up. don't give up until you know. And if the answers you're getting feel wrong, they're probably, they probably are because you yeah. know your kid trust your instincts better than yep. anyone else in the world. That yes. is so true. I don't care who tells you you're wrong. You keep, if you know, deep down inside, something's not right. You keep looking for answers. Mm-hmm. So you'll find someone yeah. and you will find someone if you, if you don't give up. And you have us now. Yeah. So <laughs> we're on your side and we're here for you. So yes, tune in Send again us, yeah. to the next episode. Go to our Instagram page, like us, follow us, send us your questions or your stories and share with us and subscribe, like comment, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye.